Hey guys, this is Georgia with Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens with Jamie and Bree. You're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. I'm Jamie. I'm Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. This is the third episode of our Spooktober series here on That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. Bree, what's our episode about tonight? Tonight we're going to talk about the black-eyed children. Ooh, the urban legend. The myth, or is it a real thing? Who knows? I see a lot of people saying the black-eyed children are the black-eyed kids, and then I see a lot of abbreviations like B-E-K. Yeah, Bex, B-E-K-S, Bex. So what are these black-eyed children? Well, they're typically kids, age ranging about 9 to 16. It mm-hmm. seems kind of as a good chunk of window of what they are. Just like adolescence. Yeah, they typically have pale skin or like olive skin tone. That don't look natural. Yeah, it doesn't look natural, absolutely. You can tell. Maybe like a pasty, pale Very pasty. Skin. They usually have very monotone voices. And the biggest thing is, of all is they have big, giant black eyes. Solid black eyes. No, no white. Or just pupils. Like no whites, no no colors, no not just black. Solid black. Mm-hmm. So some sort of paranormal entity, urban legend, who knows? A typical encounter, what I've found from my research, is it's usually two of these black-eyed kids approach somebody, whether it be in their car or they're at their home or they're out walking. It's usually a pair, and they approach somebody. Always at night. Always seems to be nighttime. I think there's something to that, the nighttime part. Maybe they're kind of maybe disguise themselves a little bit more in the darkness. I also feel like it's usually in more rural areas. The stories are pretty much always the same. Like, there's always the same sort of encounter or situation. They always ask for something, whether that be to use your phone or a ride somewhere. But usually the something that they're asking for, they're asking to get closer to you. Yes, they want to be let into your house or let into your car. One thing that the people who encounter these black-eyed children notice is that when they first typically, in the beginning of the encounter, the kids usually have their heads kind of down. They don't make eye contact. They seem to be a little, like, slumped over. They're usually seen wearing either, like, a baggy, dark, hooded sweatshirt Mm -hmm. so that it's kind of covering their head a little bit and they're looking down. Or they're just wearing clothes that are completely unsuitable for the weather conditions. Or the times, in all honesty. Exactly. A lot of these claims say that they kind of maybe have old-timey-ish clothes on, something not of the decade we're in now. So in the typical situation of them coming to your home, it's always like a knock or like a banging. It really seems like they never ring the doorbell. Yeah, and then once you answer, they start to kind of use weird phrases. Like, they'll open the door and they'll be like, hey, you know, we're just stopping by because, you know, we need to use your phone. And then they end up having some, like, very non sensical excuse about why they need to use the phone like the their excuse doesn't really add up it seems like it's also very short can we come in or we're lost we need to come in can we use your phone something very short plain and then with their monotone voices it just seems very odd there's not really a normal conversation that's going on between whoever is answering the door or whoever's in the car with these kids it's not a normal conversation where you feel like they have some some type of personality to them like a normal kid would have 
Yeah, it seems that the encounter starts off pretty fairly normal, but then as it goes on, it gets weirder and weirder, and the people who are dealing with the kids kind of get this uneasy feeling as the conversation continues, and that uneasy kind of turns into the dread feeling. Just imagine late at night, all of a sudden you hear this knock on your door, or maybe a banging at your door. You walk over thinking, who the hell is at my door right now? Maybe you look in the window or you look through the peephole of the door and you see these kids just standing there with their heads down. Your first instinct is, can I help you? What do you want? Well, first of all, if a bunch of kids knocked at my door, I live in the middle of nowhere with a gate, so I'd be a little bit more than shocked personally. But if I like lived in a typical area where you know someone could come and knock on my door, I'd probably just be like irritated, like what are some fucking kids doing at my house right now? Exactly. So it's like, what do you want or what do you need? And in these very short phrases like, can I come in? Can I use your phone? Is it okay if I come in? It's like, where are your parents? They never really seem to answer that question. They never answer that question. And I feel like people, that's always your first response. I mean, consider if it's raining outside and you see these two kids just standing at your door. Maybe they're just in a pair of baggy t-shirts and jeans or something. Like, we need to come in. It's like, where did you come from? What do you want? What do you what do you need? Well, and I think that our human nature is, is if we see a kid like that, we wanna immediately bring them inside because we think something's wrong. And I think that whatever it is these black eyed kids are, and we'll go into theories here at the end, but it seems that they use the persona of like a small child as maybe a way to lure people in. What's interesting that you mentioned people usually have an unsettling feeling about them. It seems that even if you already feel very strange about them and you don't want to let them in, I've seen that people realize that their hand is already reaching for the door to let them in. Almost like they don't even know what they're doing, like they were in a trance. They're playing some type of mind game and they're just opening the door without thinking about it. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the people who end up being victims of these black-eyed kids say that it's like some type of maybe low-grade hypnosis that you don't realize that's going on, that you find yourself reaching to open a door or to let somebody in, and all of that is really broken by realizing that these kids have these black, black eyes. You know, they, they're going to reach for the door and then they look up at the kid and they realize, oh my God, what the fuck? and it kind of breaks them out of the trance and they stop whatever it is they're doing about letting them in. That usually starts an even more unsettling feeling like, whoa, how did I kind of get sucked into that? People that usually have pets, their animals also react strangely to this. Your dog starts barking or your cat is hissing or that the animal goes and hides, literally runs away and hides. I think we all know that animals seem to have a bit of a different perception than we do. They always seem to be able to to notice when something is off. Pets and kids usually have some type of weird connection with the very, very thin veil that it kind of runs the line between us and the paranormal. Maybe it has something to do with them being of young age or their minds being a lot more open, but definitely you see that trend within the paranormal. And anytime your animal starts responding negatively to people or a new place or a new area, I mean, for me, it immediately would make me think, oh, something's really not right here if my animal starts going crazy. Oh, for sure. And there's kind of two scenarios when that happens. When the kids realize that whoever they're with sees their black eyes, either A, the people freak out and like run away, drive away, shut the door, whatever. Or it seems like the kids that once they realize that you've noticed them, they flee as well. 
question is, is where did these black-eyed kids really begin in our history? Where's these, you know, first documented cases so we can go back and, you know, try to understand what it is they are. And it's not as far back as people would typically think that it is. We're getting in the way, way back machine, but we're only going back to 1996. There was this guy named Brian Bethel who was a journalist. There's bits and pieces of the story I'm gonna say that are kind of funny to me and just like interesting little nods that make me think, is this story really what happened or all of these details fabricated in a very specific kind of way? So Brian Bethel, he's a journalist and he went out to go pay his internet bill of all the things in the world. And he was sitting outside of in the parking lot of the Dropbox um, and there was a $1.25 movie theater that was right next to it. And he's sitting in the car and he's writing the check out. And as he's writing his check, he hears this tapping on his window. And he looks over and he sees these two kids in this like hooded kind of sweatshirt. It's dark, you can't really necessarily see their faces. And he already feels a little bit uneasy about what's going on. He thinks like maybe these kids want some money from me. I don't know, I already don't like it. So he rolls down a window just enough so he can talk to them, but not far enough down where anybody could reach inside the car. And the kids explained to him that they were going to go see a movie, they wanted to go see Mortal Kombat, and that they forgot their money at home. And they were asking for a ride back to their parents' house to get the money because if they walked, they wouldn't make it back in time to see the movie. I believe jokes on them because there weren't any movies going on at that time, like it was already closed. Well, no, what it was is the last show had already started an hour ago and Brian had knew this. So that's where it started to feel uneasy and Brian kind of started to pry a little bit more with questions. And as these kind of, this back and forth is going on between them, the kids start to say some really interesting phrases. They say to him like, it won't take long, we're just two little kids. We don't have a gun or anything like that. <laughs> like what a weird thing for two little kids to say to someone asking for a ride. We're just two little kids. I don't have any weapons or anything, mister. I think that's common too. I hear that a lot that people report them mentioning, we're just kids. Anytime a kid is gonna say something like that would automatically grab my attention like, that is off, that no, yeah, is that's strange. That's a big red flag for me right there when someone's like, I'm just a kid. That's like me going somewhere and be like, I'm just a woman. I'm not gonna hurt you, I'm just a kid. I need help. Please, you know how many kids are in prison for murder? I don't believe that shit one bit. That's very true. And then so he keep, the kids keep pressing, they keep pressing, and the kids start to say even more and more outrageous things. And this time they're saying, we can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. Demanding. So he notices at this point that his hand is going towards the door to open it. And in that exact moment, he glances up at the kids and realizes these four big black soulless eyes looking back at him. Holy shit. He immediately rolls up the window, puts the car in drive, and takes the fuck off. I would too. Here's a little fun fact what I like about this story, and in my research I realized. This happened in Abilene, Texas. Do you want to know where Abilene, Texas is in Texas? Where? On the 33rd? Yes, ma'am. Oh my god. <laughs> it is on 32.45, so it is a little more than half of a latitude away from the 33rd parallel. Interesting. Isn't that a little interesting? Hmm, I wonder if all the reports are and they don't realize that. Well, no, so this also is really, really big in the UK too, and the 33rd parallel doesn't run across the UK. Ah, uh, okay. But I felt that very interesting because when I was looking it up and I saw that it was in Texas, 
my mind immediately went to Dallas and I was like, wait, wait, where is this town? And so I looked it up and sure as shit, it was a real, real close line to each other. So I went and typed in to find the exact coordinates and I was like, there's no way. So interesting that it always ties back to that fucking parallel. Hmm. I digress a little bit. Brian goes back home and makes an internet post I'm assuming something like a Reddit or a 4chan kind of board, whatever they had back then in the 90s. And the story starts to get around. And once the story starts to get around, newspapers start picking it up. Him being a journalist himself ends up writing a story about it. And then people on the internet start to come out and talk about their encounters and their experiences with these black-eyed kids. I think this is really the point where it explodes over the internet. Like most stories or things, once it hits the internet, people take off with it. And it could be a mixture of people that have actually had these encounters or people that are just kind of spreading the legend around even more. The black-eyed kids really have this title of like an urban legend and definitely how the information got around on the internet makes it feel very much so like an urban legend. Yeah, it does, definitely, because unless you've had your own personal experience, you're just reading about something online that sounds a little bit outrageous. There's another guy that talks about them and his name is David Weatherly and he's really more of a paranormal investigator, but he wrote a book called The Black-Eyed Children. Yeah, and in this book, he kind of does as much research as he can about the subject, and he dives back. I think the early one of the earliest stories in there is about in the 1950s. He actually revised it the second edition because Brian Bethel came, and he did an entire chapter about him. He looks into many avenues of where this could come from. So he looks into different religions and different cultures that could have something that sort of report the same instances, but maybe that it looks different. Yeah, he definitely goes in and tries to get as much evidence that he can, although what we will say about this topic is there's not really evidence. We only really have witness stories or friend-of-friend stories, so it even more kind of digs into that campy, urban legend-y vibe because there aren't really, you know, there's no written police reports, there's no big newspaper articles or anything like that, so it's hard to go back and investigate. It's always someone's story. One thing I heard him say was he found that a lot of the stories that he collected were people that came from some type of government background. They were government employees somehow. I don't know how that could really link with anything, but I thought that was an interesting comment for him to say. See, and I know exactly where that can link into some shit, but then we get into the theory side of what we think these things are. That's true. You know, one thing I did hear him say, though, and he was really hesitant to say for book sales reasons, He got a lot of letters from people that found that once they started reading his book, they started having weird paranormal experiences themselves. Weird shit started happening, or maybe they even came across that. Some people wrote to him that they didn't even finish reading the book because they felt like as soon as they started to read about it, they're almost invoking that type of encounter or entity on its own. And what's funny about that is that kind of went on for a few years, and there's a, a few years on the internet you can look where his book was selling, like, each copy hundreds of dollars each because people were, like, obsessed with getting a haunted copy of it. But I'm sure once you start experiencing your own strange shit and you realize, oh my God, it's only because I'm reading this book, I'm invoking the phenomena on its own, I'm sure you'd put the book down because who knows what comes across with that. You know, maybe inside of his book, by you reading it, you're doing some sort of secret ritual that you don't know that you're doing and you're inviting spirits into your world. Oh, that could definitely be it. One story I've heard him talk about was about a mom that stopped into a market 
it with her son in the car. She left him there because it was a small town. Everyone kind of knew each other. So she ran in, she grabbed her stuff. She jumped back in the car and she glances at her rear view mirror before she backs out, kind of on autopilot like a lot of us do. You know, we jump out, we jump back in the car. And she noticed that there's this child sitting next to her child with these big black eyes. She jumps out, snatches her kid out of the car, immediately runs inside the market, kind of stumbling like, oh, there's someone in my car. And the clerk walks out there and says, there's no one there. The parking lot is vacant. The car is vacant. And she's very stuck on, no, you don't understand what I've seen. So she calls her husband and says, you need to get your ass down here, basically. I'm not getting back in the car. Mm -hmm. So the husband shows up. She decides to drive the husband's car home, and he drives her car home. Well, on the way there, he gets into an accident. He totals his car. When she asks her husband, well, what the hell happened? How did you, like, kind of just run the car into a ditch and total the car? And the only thing that the husband could remember was smelling this really foul scent in the car that kind of just completely enveloped the car right before he crashed. And that's all he remembered. That's crazy. At the hospital, she's asking her son, did you know that little boy? Who was that? And he said, well, no, mommy. He he said he needed help and he needed to come in. And I wanted to help him. I wanted a friend. Being an innocent child, you don't see race, color, anything like that. You think, well, I just want another friend. Mm -hmm. You don't really care the fact that they have these big black eyes. Well, later, this poor kid ends up getting really sick. He winds up in the hospital, one sickness after the next. Every time they diagnosed him, something else would happen. You know, oh, he has the flu. Oh, maybe he has the measles. And the parents really start to realize that this is something completely different. And maybe this has to do with whoever that kid was in the car. The only thing that the parents knew to do was to basically call the church. They called all their church buddies. They came home and they surrounded this kid and just did a prayer circle for days until the kid got better. And it worked? The and it worked. worked. Hmm. It's hard to find what happens if you let the black-eyed kids in because presumably when you do, no one hears from you again. So we don't have a lot of eyewitness testimony about what happens if you do let them in. A lot of people say it's really a bad omen that if they do let them in, something weird happens, like maybe there's a death in the family. Their relationship breaks up, almost like they've, they've ran into a spell of just bad luck, one instance after the next. So why could that happen? What is it about these kids that when you come in contact with them, you either die or someone dies? or there's a sickness, what could they be? If they bring all these bad things, how are they bringing them and what are their origins? Especially since they seem to kind of appear and then vanish out of thin air, something to me almost thinks, could this be an interdimensional situation? Oh, absolutely. That's that's my always go-to is interdimensional. And even David Weatherly, when he was on Coast to Coast AM May of this year, he even said, I think that they are interdimensional beings. I don't see why not. If they seem to appear and disappear in rural areas just completely out of nowhere, of course you're thinking, well, how the hell did they get here and how did they just leave so abruptly? You have to think interdimensional, almost like a portal, like how else could they do this? So then if they are inter interdimensional, what could they be? That's a question, although we want to ask, we can't have an answer of because we don't know what, if it is an interdimensional, we don't know what's beyond the interdimensional. What I will say is kind of the prevailing theory, I think, 
across the board with people is that they're aliens. I know, aliens, hybrid aliens. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Is it just because they have black eyes and that we can't think of any other being that could have black eyes? Why aliens? Or that they appear and disappear, they think of UFOs? Yeah, I don't know. It's like you, you typically kind of associate aliens, you know, with little green men. So it's interesting that these weird ghostly children are lumped into that category. Because me personally, when I first started thinking, you know, what could these be? The first thing that came to mind for me would be demons. Demons. Because classic demonology, a demon cannot possess you or anything without some type of invitation being offered. So uh, my mind immediately goes to demons, but I know another th big theory that's out there is vampires. Absolutely, because it's the same situation. They can't enter without being invited, without you issuing some type of consent to them entering you, your space, anything like that. And then we get into, I think, the most interesting category, which kind of ties back into the government, which makes me understand why a lot of those people, maybe, you know, have, who are involved in the government have sightings like this, but the black-eyed kids are really linked to the men in black. Yeah, I have read of some stories where when they say our parents are here and they leave, that people see the men in black waiting for them in the shadows or something like that. Absolutely. So, and the men in black have kind of been tied into the government where a lot of people had say that these are maybe government agents, but not our normal government that we would think of, but maybe our galactic government and their agents and coming down to handle situations. So if the black eyed kids are tied in with the men in black, I can see that alien government connection there. Like they're showing up to wrangle them back in or something like that. Yeah, and I will say that David Weatherly, when he was on Coast to Coast AM, again, May of this year, he did make a comment about how recently a lot of these black-eyed kids have been witnessed to be with kind of their adult parent, and that it's even just the parents now showing up. So it's not just black-eyed kids, but black-eyed adults that people are seeing now. Right, I heard about that too. And instead of thinking it like they're kids and they're growing up, I don't know, maybe it's just a different situation because I feel like if they're a spirit or something like that, that they're not necessarily aging, maybe also they're trying to switch to the times. Maybe they've realized that, okay, pretending to be little children doesn't necessarily work. Although I don't think pretending to be adults trying to enter your home would be any easier. Yeah, I can't see how that would that would matter. I, what makes me think that they would change more into the adults would maybe think that they have a little bit more authority so they could demand something from someone instead of mm. asking, you know what I mean? Like a kid, you have to ask, but if you're a big scary adult man with black eyes, you more tell somebody what they're gonna do. Like, let me in. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think that they are? Like, do you have any opinion of what it is? Oh, that's so hard. What I will say, my umbrella term for what they are, I'm gonna have to call it an urban legend. Okay. Mm because I think that that's only fair because of not having evidence. But I'm gonna bend to the side of them being interdimensional beings in some capacity. What kind of interdimensional beings? I have no idea because I don't have a catalog book of what they are where I can <laughs> pick out like A4732, <laughs> that model. But there's something about them disappearing and coming and, and you know them hiding in the shadows and things like that. And there is something about these weird, scary black eyes that make me think they're not of this earth, but I don't disbelieve people when they say that they've seen them. I have to agree with you. I really don't know if I believe this. Mm -hmm. That's why the urban legend title, although maybe not the best description of it, I mean, it really suits it very well. 
But does that make me choosy because I believe in aliens and there isn't technically this statement that they exist just like humans do, but it's because of my own experience that I know. If I had my own experience, maybe it would be confirmed for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I would have to say. I would say that we're open to the idea, but until we have our own experience, we can't say that it's real or not real, but I'm open to the idea. But I will say, and I'll broadcast this on the air, I don't want to have my own encounter with them. Right. We're not. Like, I'm not looking this, this for it. This is not an invitation. This is not an invitation. Do not take it as such. I'm cool with thinking that you're possibly real, and I don't want to find out. I think if there were anything, I definitely agree with the whole interdimensional thing, but I also sort of lean towards Demonics. a demon. Yeah, so do I. Just based off of their eyes, the feeling that people seem to experience when we come across something that is evil I think we feel it automatically you feel unsettled you feel uncomfortable you feel like you're in danger and if people are feeling this way I sort of tend to lean towards more okay this is something evil and also with demons they can't fully take a human form there's always something off about them whether it's their hands their feet or their eyes so maybe this is a different type of demon or maybe an experimental demon like pretending to be a child because it's easier for them to be let in but their eyes are the same well and i will say that there are some instances of the people saying that the black-eyed kids have talons for feet instead of regular feet what and so that's another thing that could be very demony if we go into that world you want to know what that also sounds like a little bit to me hmm a skinwalker well, I guess because a skinwalker is a shapeshifter. Exactly. And so these kids could definitely be a shapeshifter. Oh, for sure. But it gives me those vibes. But what I will say about the demon thing, the demon and the interdimensional beings, those aren't two separate things. How do we know that demons aren't just interdimensional beings? Very true. A spirit is a spirit, mm -hmm. right? Yep. It might just be a demonic interdimensional being. Some type of evil entity. I completely agree with that. So my moral of the story is... Don't help people. Yeah. Don't let people in your home Don't or house. Don't let them in. Right. So this Halloween, <laughs> when you have a night full of children ringing your doorbell and banging at the door, if they don't say trick-or-treat, if they say, can I come in? Instead, absolutely not. Shut the door. Go ahead and try the neighbors. I don't want any of your bullshit. How about just hardcore eye contact with everybody you come in contact with? Like, don't start a conversation with someone until their eyes look normal. You're like, look at me, look, look at me, me, look, look at me. me. Okay, I'm, listen, I'm the captain now. <laughs> exactly, even if they're like, it's just contacts, no. <laughs> Fuck you, get out of here. Absolutely, because I doubt they're asking for candy, but who knows, that's a possibility, so watch out for your trick-or-treaters. They're like, can I come inside and get some candy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, definitely look this up. I highly recommend reading David Weatherly's book, Black-Eyed Children, if you guys want more detailed account of all of these stories. Let's get into my favorite part of the episode, Factor Sci-Fi. All right, guys, this week's Factor Sci-Fi, did a UK resident catch proof of a UFO flying right over the moon? So there's a UK resident, and he was, this was in September, and he was filming a close-up version of the moon, and he started to see something moving, and he adjusted the camera and followed it. It's an interesting piece, I will say. I watched it a few dozen times, and I looked at a lot of people's comments and kind of weighed it all out. Why don't you tell me if you think it's fact or sci-fi? 
You know, I have to tell you, my first instinct was to sci-fi it when I saw the video. I find myself being pulled into this middle zone that I call middle bitch, though. I mean, I don't know. It's unidentified. Mm -hmm. Who knows? I first thought maybe it was just photoshopped. Who's to say it's alien? It could be one of our ships that we have flying around outer space that we have yet to see or have yet to have confirmed for us, but it's definitely still happening and it's real. So maybe I sort of lean more towards the middle bitch. So I'm going to have to kind of side with you on that one. I'm leaning a little bit more towards the sci-fi side. I don't necessarily think that it's a UFO or aliens. I definitely think it's something that needs to be explained. I don't necessarily think that the footage is photoshopped. I don't get those vibes off of it right away. That could also just mean it's a really good fake. But I've seen a lot of these moon videos of people catching, you know, shadows and stuff on the moon, and they're all very similar looking to this. So it makes me lean a little bit more in that middle area. I wish I had more information. I wish the clip was longer. I wish that maybe MUFON interviewed him and so we could have a more detailed explanation of what it is we're looking at. But it also might just be space junk. But so. I have a whole <laughs> but I have a whole fucking gripe about space junk because why don't we see pictures of it? And I just want to let everyone know that for the past week, every single day, our Twitter has retweeted the same tweet at Neil deGrasse Tyson asking him, why don't we see any pictures of space junk? And he has yet to answer me. And I'm going to keep tweeting him until he does. Because I see him on a lot of talk shows, him and Bill Nye, and they talk about this huge space problem with all this space junk, and it's going to ruin the International Space Station and this and that. But you look at videos, you look at pictures, and you look at all these different things, and you never see not a bit of space junk. And so I call bullshit on all of it. Just to add another layer of factor sci-fi, you sci-fi the concept of space junk. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. So we'll go into what some of our Patreons have said, and we'll start with Raya, and her only question is fact, question mark? <laughs> so was that kind of middle bitching? I think I don't it's know. kind of middle bitching. Outro version, Simon said, sorry, I haven't done a factor sci-fi. I didn't know they were here on your Instagram. He said, I think there's so much going on on the moon. There's some great footage of UFOs coming from it and passing it, but I don't feel like this is it. If you could see it in the same direction as the moon here, it'll just look like a rock passing through space. Good point. If it were a spaceship, it doesn't even look like it's facing the right direction. How would they be able to see where they're going? So he sci-fis it. I think that's a sci-fi. And Matt also sci-fied it as well. He was kind of like, ugh, I'm not really that much about it. My first response same, like, ugh. And then I'm like, oh, maybe. Yeah, and that's what it is. Typical. But then it's like, but I also have an open mind, so. That's what makes it hard for the open-minders over here. We're going to have to leave this one as a middle bitch. I don't think we're ever going to resolve it. I think that we're just going to probably have to see more footage, and hopefully one day we have answers to all of it. Agree. So let's talk about something a little bit more special. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we get into the wiser side of our episode? Let's get into our conscious quote of the day. This conscious quote of the day, I don't actually know who said it, but I will tell you where I saw it. I saw it on an Instagram account, and it's called Spiritually Awake, and I love most of the quotes and the content that's on that Instagram. Most. You know, like, of course, with most things, right? But this one, it really stuck out to me because I was like, ooh, that's a fact. All right, let's hear it. Once you become consciously aware of just how powerful your thoughts are, you will realize everything in your life is exactly how you allow it to be. And I Can I get it. an amen? Can I get an amen? 
Yeah, like I think we've been saying this almost every episode, I feel like your mind is an incredibly powerful tool. You create your own reality. And if you think it's real and believe it to be true, then it is for you. I think it's also once you become more consciously aware, you realize really how responsible you are for everything around you. It stops becoming a game of pointing who's at fault, Mm -hmm. trying to find the blame, Mm -hmm. and realize that whatever is in your life or whatever is surrounding you or whoever is surrounding you is because you allow that to be. Maybe it's to teach you a lesson. It's the same sort of thing. You allow that, you draw that to you, and you want that. You know, same goes for um, if black-eyed children arrive at your house and some sketchy shit happens, like, hey, you allow them to come in or not. That's up to you. (laughs) Exactly. The consequences, everything in life is really because you choose it to be. All right, Brie, let's jump into our shout-out. Today's That One Time I Was Abducted is provided by our Patreon members. Patreon, you guys rock! Let's start off at the skeptic level. We have Jan from the Good, the Bad, and the Just Plain Standard podcast. Then we have our cheer seekers. Jamie's mom, Shayna. Hey, Shay Shay. Uh, Destiny at Destiny from Space. Simon at Outroversion, and also on Reddit. Uh, Then we're going to go up to our first made-up category here, which is the Skeptical Truth Seeker, and we're going to shout out Adam. Adam. Adam hosts a podcast called Not For Everyone Podcast, and he also hosts a live love line on kzsm.org. Next, we have our middle bitches. Middle bitch. Raya. Hey, Raya, I love you. Um, We also have Scotty at at Scotty Doodle. Scotty Doodle. And we also have Bobby, who is Adam's co-host on Not For Everything Podcast. And you can find him on Instagram at PinballBobby and at Not For Everyone Podcast. We're going to go into our second made-up category, which is going to be the skeptical middle bitch. <laughs> AP at Weather Traditions. Hey, AP. Thank you. We love you. And then we're going to get into the one, the only, anything is possible. Matt, thank you, Matt. You're the bomb. You're the bomb. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. And we're actually going to be putting some good things here on our Patreon in the next week or two. We have some new um, interviews that'll be going up there that will only be available to you guys. Yeah, quite an interesting interview. You guys might like that. I think Raya is going to like that one in particular. Oh, for sure. I'll agree if she listens to it. (laughs) If she listens. (laughs) We want to thank you guys so much for listening. You guys can keep in contact with us if you follow us on Instagram at that one time I was abducted. Shoot us an email at that one time I was abducted at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and on Twitter. If you guys want to help with my Twitter campaign, retweet my tweet to Neil and hopefully he'll answer us. Where the hell is it? Where's the proof? That's what I'm saying. Hashtag, hashtag, where's the space junk? Hashtag, space junk is a lie. Hashtag, show me. Ooh, I like that. Hashtag, space junk too. Hashtag, if you don't believe in aliens because you haven't seen one, then where's the space junk? How am I supposed to believe it? All right, guys. Love you guys. Have a good week. Thank you so much. We love you. And as always, Mountain View, California can go suck a dick. <laughs>